Welcome to the Business Balance Podcast. I'm Emma Langton, Mindset Coach and Hypnotherapist. And each week I'm bringing you conversations and coaching about getting the balance in business. We'll be talking about mindset, strategy, boundaries, balance and a whole lot more. So you can create a brilliant business life and still enjoy time off. You can find me at www.emmalankton.com where you can sign up to my newsletter and contact me if you need to. So this week, I want to be talking to you about asking for help. I want to dive into the reasons why asking for help is a good thing and what might be going on behind the scenes to stop that. And I've got a few examples of people because this is something that I hear a lot about. So if you struggle to ask for help, then there may be some things in today's episode that's going to help you change the way that you think about that. So you know we can't be strong all the time. As humans, we're supposed to be surrounded by people. We used to live in tribes, remember? Those tribes and other people were there to support, to help and to guide us. But in today's modern world, it's all about being strong. It's about being able to do all the things and not show any weakness. Oh, that word weakness. It's something that a lot of my clients say. There's a lot of British phrases, certainly, that pre-program us to ensure that we don't share our feelings and that we don't share that need for help. If you just think about a couple like, you know, keeping a stiff upper lip or um, keep your chin up, so that whatever feelings, whatever worries, whatever concerns are going on, that outwardly you just portray, you know, chin up, everything's going to be sort of okay. What this does is creates a deep learning and a mindset that asking for help is this sign of weakness. So we end up with a learned belief, often created at quite an early age, actually. And it might be that we've seen this behaviour from other people around us. It might be that we've told, been told something like, speak when we're spoken to, or to be a good boy, so that we learn not to ask for help. We learn not to say what we need. We learn not to cause any bother. Or a phrase that my dad used to use a lot was about being put upon. But asking for help isn't putting upon somebody. It's using their skills or their experience to help us. And while it's never had the intention from these other adults who taught us these early beliefs, it was probably never their intention, you know, to give us these negative beliefs about things. We, you know, we need to recognise that the reality is that many years ago, much less was known about how our early lives and experiences can affect us. So how could they know? The key here is to make sure that we're able to change our minds about asking for help. You know, there are so many people that come to me and they, albeit eventually, ask for help. When they come to me for coaching... So there was the the chief exec of a large national organisation and even though he'd been listed in the Times Top 100 CEOs and he could fly into a company across the country with no preparation and identify where help and improvement was needed, 
He could stand on stage and present to hundreds in his workforce. He still needed help to be able to switch off and to delegate and to get really comfortable letting go because he knew that he was putting in a ton of extra time to just feel successful. Even though there was lots of external evidence to show that he was doing well, he wasn't feeling it on the inside. He didn't tell anyone at work how he was feeling. His wife knew. And he said to me, well, it's a sign of weakness, isn't it? So we worked on his belief and we worked on his mindset so that he could delegate with ease. I loved this client. He kept coming back when I'd say, right, you know, so we're, we're, we're done. You know, that, that should be really good if you put these things in place. And he would come back and go, maybe I'll just come back. And we would, he would sit and sort of chat over things in his week and be able to share, you know, the learnings that he's got and then pick my brains about, you know, why do people do this? What, you know, what is this about that? He was one of my first biggest clients when I realised actually where my um, key area of coaching can be. Um, but what he ended up with was he could manage the expectations of himself and his team and still be able to get to spend time with his family and actually enjoy that time and be really sort of present and available in that time instead of always having half a mind on whatever it was that his, um, you know, that his emails or his Blackberry was saying at the time. Then they had, you know, another client was a top city lawyer. She was juggling her high profile career with difficult cases and her family life. And there were times for her when that pressure just felt too much and she did work in a really kind of dark emotional area. But there were times for her when that pressure felt too much and she, but then she was getting embarrassed because she was getting emotional at work. And she felt that it looked to everybody else like she couldn't cope. Whereas really she was kind of full up. She was worried about what people would think. So we worked together and I helped her to deal with the overload. I educated her on being able to identify when her stress levels were high, when her emotional bucket was full. And then we developed some tools that were really personalised for her so that she knew exactly what to do. You know, to get back on that level really, really quickly, really efficiently. So she could get that balance back in her life without compromising that professional approach. Then I had a business owner. Oh, I adored this client. I had a business owner. I, I say that about a lot of my clients. <laughs> I had a business owner who, with his team of about 12 staff, he had a successful business, but he was so busy being in charge all the time that when he got home, he didn't switch off. So then he was still in charge. So when the kids were complaining about what mum had done for tea, you know, or mum was um, doing an offload about whatever was difficult in the day and there was some bickering going on and stuff like that, that he was stepping in and sorting all that out as well as if, as if his home life was his business. And when he came to me, he thought that being stressed was kind of normal because he was running his business. And that if he was in control of everything, it would help reduce the stress levels. So the truth is that, you know, I helped him see that actually when he kind of steps back, they're going to sort that that bickering out on their own. When we reduced his stress levels and we identified the areas that really caused him the stress, he felt so much better. And he even made some changes in his business direction to support this new way of looking at things. 
And he actually also asked for help from his family about what he needed, you know, over his, the evening meal and, and, and the evenings and weekends to help support him to feel so much better and, and them to stop, you know, kind of arguing and bickering and him feeling that need to go in and control. And even if you think about me, I regularly get help and support from the dog walker, from the cleaner, from my VA, even having a coach of my own. You know, years ago when when the support wasn't there for me, when I adopted my kids, actually I went out and set up an adoption support group because I wanted a way to make things easier for adoptive parents to be able to reach out and get information because it wasn't easy for me. And it provided a place where you can go for help and support with the challenges that reparenting a child that's come from another family brings. When I think about now my business now, you know, I have my coach, but I also have a team of business owners that I connect with, not just online, but in person too. We have real proper good old fashioned meetups and proper telephone calls, you know, not just texting and messaging. So you see, you know, all of us need help at some point or other. And it might just be help and support to mull over an idea or to say, does this sound right? Or I'm having a tough day today or I don't really know what I'm doing. Sometimes we need help with bigger things like some of those clients that I've given you examples with. Sometimes you just need to make sure that you've got some place for regular check-in. Like the adoption support group that I talked about. Sometimes we just need to make sure, you know, that we stick a time in the calendar to go out and see friends and socialise. But knowing when to ask for help over specific things is the first step. Reaching out to the right kind of people who will be there for you and who actually get it is really important too. Many of my clients come to me and they say that they, they talk to other people and that they say, oh, don't worry. But what I say to them is, well, it's really easy. You know, it's, it's not that easy to just flick a switch and turn off these thoughts and worries. That's not what we do. If stuff's important to us, when stuff really matters, we are going to continue to, I don't know, try and fix it, try and control it, try and deal with it. But sometimes... If we've tried every which way that we've tried and we've still not really got anywhere and our own sort of methods of dealing and sorting are not quite working out for us, sometimes we do need to reach out to people who understand and who can help in a really useful way. And don't forget too that I've been there, rocking the corporate job, working all hours, wearing that keep calm under pressure badge that I was so proud of putting at the top of my CV. And I can keep calm under pressure, but then it's what do you do with all of that pressure after the event's over? I've done that of trying to handle everything and it doesn't have to be that way. You know, changing the way that you think about this approach is key. Think about someone who has asked you for help. What did you think of them? Because I'm guessing that your first response was... Your first response to them wasn't, oh, you're weak. (laughs) I hope not. Or did you perhaps think, oh, they can't cope? Because I'm betting you didn't. 
And if you don't do that with your sort of friends or colleagues, then there's a pretty good chance that they're not going to do that if you ask them for help too. So that might be the first step at changing the way you think about things. You know, probably one of the main reasons that we don't ask for help is that we are worried about what people think. Or we have a fear going on. It might be a fear of judgment. Fear is a big thing that stops us moving forward that I've mentioned in other episodes. Fear stops us being able to perform at our best. And when we get past that, or when we reach out and ask for help, then we're taking the first step to that next level, whatever your next level is. Think for a minute how the other person will feel when you've asked for that help. People love to be asked if they can help you. Whether it's for them to provide that service or to just chip in and give you a hand with something, often it's quite flattering for them and most people do want to help others. So often that reluctance to ask for help comes from inside us. But when you think about the way that you change that, most successful people are the ones who surround themselves with support and people who can do things and help them. Often those people too also acknowledge that if they don't know something, they don't feel bad about it. Successful people will tell you that one of the drivers to their success is knowing their strengths and weaknesses. Knowing what they're capable of and knowing what they just struggle with. Think about it, isn't your strengths and weaknesses one of the most common interview questions? And how often have you answered that question and then turned that weakness into a strength anyway? So you see, it's all about the way that you view things. So if you've been viewing, um, thinking about yourself as having some sort of weakness because you're asking for help, then really I maybe challenge you to think about it in a different way. What would you say to somebody in an interview? Because sometimes asking for help is the strongest thing you can do. So maybe now it's time that you stopped thinking about it as a weakness. But you know, as ever, if you're ready to make some changes and you think that my coaching is going to help you do that, I'm not going to think of you as weak. I'm going to also be delighted to be able to talk to you about how I can help you. We can make simple changes that create big results that get you ready to step up and step onwards so that you can love your life and you can do the things that you want to do. So if that's you... Find the link in the show notes or go to my website at www.emmalankton.com and book a call and then I can help you get clear on what's causing the problem and you can start that journey to your success. And if you've enjoyed this episode of the Business Balance podcast, then please do go and leave a review or hit the subscribe button or go again to the website And sign up to my newsletter so that I can get it to pop straight into your inbox each time it's released. And then I'll see you again on the next episode. Bye for now. 